0: sisters. I'm very pleased to stand before all of us here present to share another portion of God's word. I thank the church through the preacher for this singular opportunity that I have and the wish that We give ourselves an undivided attention. What we want to listen to is God's message, but from a different tongue, a different approach, and also probably a different dimension. The topic that we want to look at this morning is. God is willing to bear. God is willing to bear. I was touched when I read through the scripture in Psalms chapter 37 verse 7 that has just been read. It tells me that I have to surrender myself to God and wait patiently. Him. I tried to put through so many words in my mind what it actually means for me to surrender myself to God and wait patiently for Him. I asked myself so many questions Have I been surrendered? Is there thing that I have done that I claim that it is by my own mind or by my powers or something that is bothering my mind that I cannot go back to the scripture to know that he said it in his word and I believe it, that I should surrender myself to God and wait patiently for When I sat over there, I had to go through a song, which I want you to open with me to our hymn books. Hymn 389. Hymn 389. The first time there verse says, It's a question. So Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with him within the narrow bread? Would you have him bear your burden, carry all your load, let him have his way with thee? The second stanza says, Would you have him make you free and follow at all at his call? Would you know the peace that comes? By giving all. On the that word, giving all. Giving all then means surrendering all. You don't keep anything behind. You don't keep any on unturned. You give it all. So would you have him save you? In this case, he is willing to save you. He's not even talking about you saving him. Because you cannot save God. It's only God that can save you. And he gave you the path. And that path is why you are here. But even while you're here, have you allowed him by surrendering your total man, the man inside of you, so only that man so that that man will miss salvation. Even after the physical man will return as a carcass, will return to dust. The man in you will stand to face God. But will God save that man? It's a question to ponder. It's just so that you need you never fall. You have to allow him to save you so that you live never to fall. So let it have its way with you. The third one says, Would you in his kingdom find a place of constant rest? You are here. Can you allow this to be your final boss stop? Is your mind trying to wallow? Should I go here or there? Or am I comfortable with him here? When I say here means being comfortable in Christ Jesus and his church. You have relatives that are into different denominations. Sometimes they live good lives, moral lives. Sometimes they influence you in one way or the other. But does that really mean that that could change your position with God? Because something is not moving in the path, or on the path that you would assume should be. You think it should be all that good. You turn around, it's good with him, but it's not good with you. And you draw a conclusion. And now you must You drift. God now says today that he is willing to bear. Surrendering in my analysis, my understanding, means the following that I want to express. It says, following God's lead without knowing where He is sending you. You don't have to know the destination that God is sending you through this world, that you are here. The only destination you know is heaven and having consciousness. That, that there are things that are going to distract you. Not to make heaven. That is the focus of every Christian. That you don't all have to get bothered. Will he give me this? Will I have this? Will so many things bother us? And these are the things. That are there as kind As thorns Out our path towards salvation. They ask for his presence. To lead you. That's what Moses did. That record is in Exodus chapter 33 verse 15. Moses knew that he had a responsibility to lead the Israelites. You know you have a responsibility to lead a family. To lead your wife, to lead your children. It is not about... How much you're learning about literature. It's about you succumbing to the word of God and being able to lead. Because the children, the young people, are looking up to you. The next generation of the United States of America is looking up to each and every adult. But when you seek God, He gives you the direction. Just like Moses sought God, and now asked God to help him because he needed the presence of God. Any man without the presence of God in his life is a dead man walking. Because definitely you will be overwhelmed by darkness. But with the presence of God in you, you are the light. You keep shining because one will see through you the God that we all worship. The way you walk in the world as a walking cops. Because of the things that are there that are not of God, you cannot have the presence of God in you. And there is nothing that you desire that will come. If it comes, it's by the grace of God. There are people in the world who don't know God, but they earn millions of dollars. They are very wealthy. They live in big mansions. But there's a difference between you and them. All that is by God's grace. Sometimes the you that know God, you're different from them that do not know God. The way God treats you with the level of things he has placed you with, to see if you're going to be contented with all that. Is different from how he gives to them. That same God that makes the rain to fall for the the people of the world, he also makes the same rain to fall for us. So we share, but the difference is very remarkable. That's why we are Christians. We are in the world, but not of the world. We cannot be like them. And it is not very possible. But you can be, if you so desire. And that means allowing Satan to have an operation, in your life, and the presence of God will depart. Waiting for God's timing without knowing when it will come. God does his things at his own appointed time. It is not how much you cry. It is not how much you push him. It is not how much you expect. But when he says, my will is now. It comes to pass. It can take you 30 years to desire for something. If it is not the will of God, it would not come. It may come maybe 30 years after. You started the first year to ask. He allows you to go through the desert, the wilderness, sometimes for 40 years. And after that, he reveals himself. He says, here and I, because you waited along with me. You waited upon me and now i will give it to you. Let me tell you, sometimes what you are asking for from God may not come to you directly, but it may come to your generation after. But because you were the one that was sowing the seed and the germination had to grow, you had to keep along Monitoring what you have sown, if you saw what is bad, you probably may reap what is very bad. Why am I saying probably? Because there are certain things that you do and the scar remains and goes along with your children. You could get out the world, but someone will remember the, the family name. Someone will remain remember something about what your father did, what your mother did. But when you have a good name, that name carries along generation upon generation. So what type of seed are we sowing today? Expecting to reap tomorrow. If you are kind to people today, people will be kind to your generation after. someone will remember, your father did this to me. If not your father, I don't know where I would have been. If not your wife, if not your brother, if not that sister. We have to ponder what role we shall play for the tomorrow while still waiting upon the Lord. The scripture in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 that I'm going to read says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that mount up with as eagles, they shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. This is God's words a promise. You will walk and you will not faint irrespective of the turbulent tornado, irrespective of whatever you face in life. With God, you walk strong, and you can never faint. The word of God is amen. There's no word of God that we read from the scripture that is void. If it says you will walk and you will not faint, definitely you will walk and you will not faint. Where you will faint is where you bring in doubt. And now that takes us to Peter. When the turbulence of life came on the sea, the master told Peter, "Come out, just walk." Peter had faith, but it was very slight. Very small. He started walking. When he discovered this is Peter walking on water, Peter sank. When you allow the faith, the power of God to be with you, and you recognize that this is the master, Peter saw the master physically. Today we believe him by faith. But if it was with Peter that saw him, that knew him. How much more? The rest of us today who only read that there was a man by name Jesus. What happened when storms of life comes your way? Will you remember that there is a man that you are believing in the spirit that you cannot sing if you have that faith in him? You have to uh, expect from God without knowing how he will provide. It's not our business to know the how that God is going to give to us. It is his total business how he is going to do it. Your only duty is to ask. He says, he shall be given. Seek him and you will find him. He will not hide. Knock at him, and he will open. Just do that and relax. The other one that you need to do is working it out, your salvation. Do the things that he wants you to do. That's what he's watching out in you. And the next question he may ask, if I give him this, will he be prudent with it? If I give him this, Will he push over this as if he got it by his might or power? If I bless him with this, is it after the right time? This may blow up his head. He now allows you to take your time with him without you bothering to know how this God is going to do. Allow him. It's none of our business. He has his ways to provide for us. Another way of surrendering is trusting God's purpose without understanding the circumstances. You don't have to. But only trust that he has a purpose in your life and that his purpose will be fulfilled. Otherwise, he wouldn't need to send you to the world. People don't actually know who God is. They may claim, they may look at a God as being just like a man that you could approach for assistance, and he turns you, he says, He comes up with excuses. People look at God from that perspective. But God is not a man. And nothing is too difficult for him. A clear example is when Sarah, at the age of ninety, got Isaac. Would you say something is difficult with God? Age of ninety. God when Pharaoh and his legion of army wanted to swallow the Israelites. With God, the Red Sea was open. And the Israelites walked through the Red Sea. And you say something is difficult with God. Nothing is difficult with God. You can read that in the scripture. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 14, it talks about Sarah. Ponder how it happened. Ponder how Jesus Christ came to be. I'm a virgin. I don't know any man. How is it going to be possible for me to be a child? And you say something is difficult with God. Nothing is too difficult Before God and leave them there. Just bring them. Leave it there. You don't have to monitor. Is he doing it? When is he going to do it? Don't drag your faith. Leave him there for him. God understands each and every one of our hearts that we have problems. He knows. Christian and you don't have obstacles. You have not started. Every Christian has to meet a stumbling block. But that stumbling block can in turn around become a stepping stone for you if you believe in God. You don't have to be weary. That is why a lot of people have gone away from the faith. no retreat, no surrender. You've heard. I'm here to see, I don't know if it can be proven scientifically or technologically or how, when someone who runs and probably hit a stone, then that same person falls backward. I haven't seen it yet. But I know that when people hit and they fall, they fall forwardly and they put their hands on the ground. And when they wake up, they keep going. That is the man that wants to achieve. That's the man that's looking up for success. That's the man who has a purpose. And a Christian who has a purpose towards the heavenly race. Nothing that is going to be a stumbling block that you should allow it to keep you there. Wake up and move forward. That is the Christian rest. But when you lie down there, it becomes rest in peace. You have to be walking up to Christ without looking down on obstacles of life. Believe in him. You have to say no to sin. Which are the causes of prayers unanswered? You know how to pray, but have you gone down to your checklist? You could pray. Some people call themselves prayer warriors. You pray, you pray, you pray, yet no answer. Ask yourself. Research. Investigate. Analyze the man in you that is leading you, if that man is right before God. If you discover that that man is not right before God, that man has to approach God fervently. Tell God I have surrendered my life to you, I have offended you. I want you to take me back, the prodigal son. That is when, with that broken heart, with that country spirit, God receives you back. He says, Yes, your prayers can now be answered. When you are very spirited, you will understand the language of the spirit. It is not because you have it so much to dress good, you drive luxurious cars, all those things are material. Things. You could live three hundred and sixty five days in a year without being sick. God's grace. That doesn't mean that you're better than someone lying down, a Christian on the sick bed. No. It's not because the other Christian that is lying down on the sick bed is a sinner. No. Don't find yourself. Only thank God. That he has helped you and put you through. Then you pray for the sick. Wish that God, and to see that God will raise the sick to be like you, the healthy. God has a message for Christians that if you are desiring to get married, you don't cohabitate and commit sins of fornication you wait upon God to give you your right back people usually play about cohabitating there's no way possible that man will cohabitate with a woman and remain very faithful to God there's some in the name of one thing or the other, boyfriend, girlfriend, you are doing something that is not pleasant in the sight of God. Because of the word in parentheses, cohabitative. That is a sin. Wake up, do the right thing, and approach God wisely. He who findeth the wife and do good thing and obtain a favor from God. Wait upon God. Pray, please God, show me the way. Show me the man. Show me the woman. Show me the brother, and show me the sister. You have to pray unto God and doubt not. Doubt not. Please doubt not. When you ask you must believe and not doubt James chapter one verse six. So when you ask him, believe that it is already done, as far as you are talking to God, just believe that it is done. Don't doubt. That's five seconds that you doubt, that's second that you doubt. very kind God, the way he is, he doesn't operate like man. He knows that even while we are human, there's a tendency, you know, that, you know, it would come in. Oh my God. But then doubt has some bearing with how influence or influential Satan is. Because he would want you not to believe that God is going to do that for you. So he will make your mind go this way, go this way. But the scripture says, do not doubt God. He's going to do it. He has been doing it. We have read so many instances in the scripture, so many characters in the scripture that God has used to perform and reveal himself, to let man know that he is God, that he is not man. So we today cannot doubt it because he has been doing in the days past. He is the God of yesterday, the same God today, and will remain God forever. Brethren, you don't have to bother about what tomorrow will bring. No, You can't comprehend anything about tomorrow. You only know that tomorrow is Monday. Do you know if it's possible that you can drive from your home to office successfully? Why don't you just ask him for the grace that he leaves you for tomorrow to come and tomorrow will pass you pray for the next day. That is our duty. Allow the days for him. Even while you are counting these days wisely. Don't worry about the tomorrow. Leave it for him. Don't think you are too wise about it. Just leave it for him. It is God's business and not ours. If you
1: are a child of God,
0: definitely you will know that there's no day that you will not eat. God takes very good care of the birds in the sky. He takes good care of the lilies in the water. How much more the children have got. There's no father, biologically, that wouldn't want his child to have at least three square meals. There's no father. If you can't provide three, breakfast, lunch, dinner, definitely you may wish to go by one, zero, one. That's sometimes a good ratio. You give him in the morning and you would want him to eat and sleep in the night. How would you feel to stare around and you see your child come to you, Daddy, I'm hungry. Daddy, I'm hungry. He is talking into your ears. And you feel, you know, what it means to be hungry. And that child is asking. You will look for all possible means to make sure your child survives. How much more with God, who owns everything, just ask Him. He will give. Just settle it. Any Christian who lacks you only want to be you don't, you don't because you have a brotherhood. Reach out. That's why God places each and every one of us as brothers and sisters. This is a strong family. Pick your phone, send a text message across. Tell somebody, I am hungry. Tell someone, I need this. Sometimes people may be shy. Sometimes someone may want to, you know, how would that person feel? It doesn't operate like that in the household of God. In the household of God, we are integrated. And we share one another's burden or problems. That is why we are here. We don't count by our different surnames. We are only known as children of God. Christians. Christians. It doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter the height. It doesn't matter intellect. It doesn't matter, all those things are immaterial? What is important is all of us being able to talk together, do everything together. We don't feel the pains. That is the essence of Christianity. That is the essence we are Christians. Brothers and sisters. surrender is life to God when you rely on God to work things out instead of trying to force things to happen because sometimes people go extreme they want something to happen now if it doesn't happen now oh my goodness in the generational realms that's what is preached Miracles, instantaneously, it must be now. Get rich now. It doesn't work like that. you get going to work out everything that you need with fear and trembling. When I say everything, salvation is what I'm talking about. You can't be lazy and you expect to have food. face realities with time. So many people have gone into so many things that they know or sometimes do not know. Some people are, you know, ignorant of things about life. Where you are ignorant, seek for clarification by asking, how am I going to go about this? Don't lean on your own understanding. They trust in the Lord. Because the wisdom of man is foolishness in the sight of God. So when you defend God as the author and finisher of your faith, my faith, it is itself The most difficult thing for many people to surrender is their money. This money that took me so 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 years to get I won't surrender so that when you have to give to God you don't even care who gave it to you how you got it that be, without him you wouldn't have it then you give to him in fact you give, him to, you give to him the change from mark. people people you set aside God's money for God and give it to Him with the heart that He is happy to receive. The book of Genesis tells us two people offered a sacrifice to God to let you know, to let me know that God can take, receive a sacrifice and reject a sacrifice because of the motive, because of the heart. That you offer. So it's difficult to most people with giving out money. But one, sometimes when I talk about that, you have to also consider your work. If your work has overtaken the time for God, no excuse. I know. In an economic environment like here, sometimes you get to work on a Sunday and make sure you make it in the evening. But total negligence, neglecting God as if He doesn't matter. He will let you know someday that He matters. Let me tell us, brothers and sisters, it is when God takes away what you value so much, that is when people discover that there is a God. Someone believes in God or not. If you get into trouble, the first person that they call on is God. Sometimes it has come to a point that people just make it like a free phrase. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh my God. You know who you're exclaiming? Oh my God. Just calling God. You know him? Get to know him. As a person that you are here, you don't give your life to Christ Jesus. You don't know Christ. You only hear Christ. You get to know Christ. Hear the word of God and believe the word of God. Repent of your sin. Are you of the age of accountability? You know what is right. You can discern. You know what is wrong. my mom will die and come to you. I want to die like my father will die and come to you because I want to be with you when they will also be there with you. That's when you wake up. There are so many young folks, your parents will tell you give your life to Christ. You think the time is not yet right. But if you know that this is sin and you can call it that it is a sin. And you practice it. If you die, uh, something is wrong somewhere. You have to give your life to Christ Jesus. If you gave it already, stay on. Hold on to that faith. And make sure nothing derails. You may have such strong, clear feelings of surrender as you would like to have, but you have to humble yourself in the sight of God. And God will lift you up higher. Bow humbly before him in the conviction of that and ask him to break the heart and to bring you into the dust before him. Then, as you bow before him, just accept God's teaching that in your flesh. There dwelling, no good thing. Romans 7, verse 18. You must deny yourself once and for all. Deny yourself, must every moment be the power of your life, and then Christ will come into you and take possession of you. If you don't deny yourself, it will not come. I'm so thankful to God for this privilege. And I'm very happy that we have taken something out from the world. As I was talking, I was also ministering to myself. Because I know, the Word of God being a two-edged sword, it pierces through both the listener and even the speaker. I pray God that through His infinite mercy. May he grant us an opportunity that we desire to have with Him all the time. And He helps us that we don't allow sin to become a barrier between us and Him. And endeavor to live the best of life. Because without righteousness, no man will see God. May God have blessings to the world in Jesus' name. Amen.